My name is Gianni Russo, a.k.a. Carlo, the infamous son-in-law from The Godfather. I'm now known as the Hollywood Godfather, and this is my story. Walking with a limp like, will I ever run? Once again, or is this it? Am I forever done? Living in the hospital was never fun. Some people were cool, but not everyone. Welcome, everybody. It's time for another Hollywood Godfather podcast. And I'm proud to say we are expanding what we do on the show. It's not just going to be mob talks, not going to be all your mailbags. It's going to be something that's more important, current events, things that are affecting us by the hour. And guess what? We have a new current event co-host, a host, Julia. Hello, <laughs> darling. Hello, hello again. Let's bring Pat in, our co-host all the time, my compadre, my friend, my co-writer. Pat? Hi, everybody. All right. So the headlines were, in fact, how about you read the headlines and how this started, Julia? This yeah. The New just... York Post, right? Yeah. Yeah, let me grab that up. And it's getting a lot of play because it's unconstitutional, which we'll explain. Yeah. Major, major names are involved in it. Richard Dreyfus was featured in it in the New York Post. And ironically, three movies that I happen to be involved in, all three were mentioned. <laughs> the Green Book, as you know, we had Nick Vallelonga on. And I took the Pack Washburger over the weekend to let him know, because he's been on his yacht in the south of France, that the Coda, because he won the Oscar for Coda, and they also mentioned The Godfather, that we would not be nominated for Best Picture because we don't have a diverse cast. So with that said, would you bring us current with the headlines from the New York Post? Yes. So it was Oscars voters rip into ridiculous new diversity rules for Best Picture. And it's just saying if it was released today, The Godfather would possibly have no chance of winning a Best Picture Oscar. Well, that got my attention right away because I'm I've been basking in that glory for 52 years. <laughs> well, fortunately, you got in at the right time because, as Julia says, the new rules, which begin with this year's uh, Oscar show, uh, which will represent the pictures made in 2024 on, and the law, the rule. This is not a law, by the way. This is their rule, which what which is what uh, makes it very controversial. But we'll get into that later. Okay, uh, you have to have a lead or significant supporting character from, and now we're going to quote, an underrepresented racial or ethnic group, have the main storyline that focuses on an unrepresented group, or at least 30%, 30% of the cast comes from two or more underrepresented groups, women, ethnic groups, LGBTQ, uh, or the disabled. So there's a, there's a lot of ramifications here, but uh, Julia's right in saying that if The Godfather was to be uh, made recently and it nominated in 2024, they'd be out of the running. They don't come into the 30% of the cast being female. They, don't, uh, they aren't involved with any underrepresented uh, group uh, ethnic minorities, uh, gays, etc. 
there isn't any way you could squeeze that picture in. And there's a lot of more. There's quite quite a few more movies that would uh, never be uh, nominated that were. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the Terminator series. I mean, the list goes on and on. And Gianni, you have uh, experience with a few of these, not the ones I mentioned, but yeah. more. Well, yeah, my 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 concern, and and even I had a lengthy conversation with Julian when she found the what she found out really sparked my interest because how could you have thirty percent of non-represented people in a union movie? How are you even going to know about the casting? It's normally a year before the movie is made, even. So I mean, what they're asking is almost impossible to do. Well, you know, you, you and I discussed this before the show. Uh, it's not. The, the rules are going to have to change. Uh, there, there are the rules have been in place for, for for twenty years. You can't ask a person when they're uh, uh, applying for a job and being an actor in a movie, of course, qualifies. But you can't ask anybody applying for any job. This is federal law, not a rule. You can't ask them their age. You can't ask them if they were ever convicted of a crime. And you can't ask them the questions that appear in this soon-to-be rule that the Academy. Uh, just created. You can't ask them if somebody's gay. You can't do it. So to comply with the rule, the process of applying has to change. Well, the thing Maybe. we know, because Julia being a young thespian and very going on calls all the time, we don't apply. You get a, a casting call and you you apply. Yeah, you you don't you don't now, but to comply with this rule is what I'm saying. The only way they're going to know is if the person who applies, and believe me, everybody's gonna uh, gonna know about this if they don't know about it now. If you are a member of one of these groups, you have to say so. They can't ask you. Uh, like I said, they can't even ask you your age. Uh, so uh, it, it's gonna be one extra step to get to this to to comply with these rules. But you and I. Well, be, be, before we, we even get to that, we invited some guests on the show today. Could you address that? That wouldn't appear. Oh, yeah. We, we, in fact, we, we asked past guests without mentioning their name because they didn't want to come on because they didn't want to be targeted by these groups and blackballed because that's what's happening in the industry already. If you don't comply... Like and uh, Julia don't even know this, or maybe I did mention it to you a while ago. We were going forward with our book, Pat, as you know, as a movie. Sure. And they gave us all these restrictions, what we had to do. And this was think about this too. This was before they even created the rule. This was I know this was two years ago. <laughs> two years ago, yeah. Two um, years ago, we had a director right. set, budget set. What exactly they, did they say? You were involved in these meetings. I I wasn't. Yeah. Well, they told me what we needed to do. That, you know, they read the material we presented to them with the director who they love. And they have no say on that. The union don't care about that. All they want to know is that you're doing a union movie. And that's where they come in to protect their 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 members. They have no say in what we do with it. But they did say that we had to cast the minorities plus 30% female. Transcenders and me with my Italian Sicilian temper. I said, wait a minute. We put up the money. This is my story. These people are not in my story. I'm going to change my life story now to comply with what SAG wants. 
So I well, it, 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 it isn't even SAG that wants it. It's the Academy that wants it. Well, they're, they're ruled by the Academy. Yeah. Well, I, you, but you're probably right. This this uh, uh, Academy rule is going to trickle down. SAG will comply. It has to. Yeah, it has to. Uh, you know, and, and the re- repercussions of this go to, uh, as, as, as you said, uh, a, a person's constitutional right uh, of free speech. You and I created a book. This is our book. This is our intellectual property. And that people are telling us now that we can't do what we want to do. That they're trying to control what we want to create. And it isn't only writers, it's musicians, it's, it's everybody. They're telling people right. that create that you have to listen to us. Otherwise, you, you, you won't be able to sell any product. That's the problem. Well, that's, the that, problem, too, is, like, and in fact, for the audiences that are not in our business, that are our fans and follow us, I'd like Julia to, to reflect on what she found and how crazy this is. They can't enforce the rule based on our constitutional rights. Julia, will, will you enlighten all of us? Who don't know this, please. Yeah, definitely. I was doing a little um, research in the background of actually the legality of all of this. And as an employer, legally, you're not allowed to ask an employee or someone you're looking at hiring with what their sexual preferences are. And you're also not allowed to ask them um, if they're disabled. So it's also sort of difficult then as an employer, even if you were wanting to comply by these standards and these rules, you can't actually ask the people that you're employing. So you don't actually know whether you're going to meet that standard or not, unless the employee decides to volunteer that information. Exactly. They're going to have to, they're going to have to say it. Yeah. And and what happens, what happens if they out themselves, so to speak, and they don't get the position Yeah, for, for lack of talent, for example, now, Hello. everybody, the, the whole world is going to know perhaps a secret that they've been keeping forever. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's why those laws were put in place to be able to protect people in the workforce, to not, you know, be discriminated against those things that they have been discriminated against in the past. And now it's almost saying, well, if we want to be able to meet these standards, you're pretty much going to have to tell us, yeah. but they're not even allowed to ask. So it's just a very, it doesn't quite... Add up. It doesn't line up. No, it comes well, it's good. Well, it, it is, the only way to do it, as uh, as Julia said, is for the 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 uh, actor, the potential actor, and in, in in the picture to volunteer the information. Other than that, it's illegal. Mm. And even though it's not a law that they passed, it's a rule. You're creating an illegal rule. Mm. So, uh, you know, you know, the only so but as Johnny was saying, we had several A-list people uh, that uh, uh, agreed with what the three of us are saying here. But they were uh, in fear of if I can use that word. Well, th- there was trepidation. They were from, intimidated by the, yeah, yeah, they, by the they, power they felt of that unions. That they could be blackballed. I mean, it's happened in that industry numerous times in the 1950s with the Red Scare, who's a communist, who isn't. I mean, they can blackball you. Uh, Harvey Weinstein was famous for doing that. You didn't comply to his sexual needs. You were out. I mean, you could get another picture uh, no matter how talented you were. It's easy to blackball someone. So uh, uh, When you're in power. Yep, you're right. Yeah, of course. It's all about power. So the the, own, uh, the, the people that, that we had called, that Gianni called to say, you know, invited them back 
they they didn't agree with this rule, but they weren't going to come on our show and talk about it. It's amazing already, yeah, and, well, and was, that's in, a, in an effect already on our creativity. Yeah, <laughs> we well, you know, discuss it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I tell you, from my point of view, you know, you and I created two books together, and they were they were they were fantastic, and everybody's happy and selling, and we got approached to do a movie. I'm writing other projects too because this is the way I earn a living. And it is extremely difficult. And I'm not just saying this because I'm the only one affected by this, but other writers that I speak to, what most agents and publishers are looking for now is exactly what's in this newly created rule. Minorities, disenfranchised people, uh, gay, gay uh, uh, ethnic minorities. If the book, we'll talk about books now, not movies. If the book is not about that, and that's the entire storyline, not 30%, I have a hard time selling books. I, I know people that have been writing series for years, can't sell their next book. Well, you know what's interesting about that, as you and I do with every book, now we're going into our third book, we write these books with the intention that hopefully they do become movies. So... Well, if we don't comply in the storyline, we're never going to comply with the rule to get the movie made. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, everybody, you know, I've spoken to, I don't want to tell you who we spoke to, but we've spoken to people who are in the industry uh, that read our current book, The Sixth Family. I mean, we just go on Amazon and read the reviews. Oh, wonderful. Great. What a movie. We write for the people who are uh, want to know how we start to formulate these stories. We look at like The Sixth Family. We view that as a movie. That, that book is in three acts. It's a movie waiting to be made. Can it be made? Well, we have to examine, do, the, the, does it comply with the 30% rule? Is there anybody in that movie that's underrepresented? Uh, is there any ethnic group that's uh, underrepresented? So the answer to all these questions are no. <laughs> I mean, this is a, a story based on what we know and what exists in the world today. You're writing about organized crime. Uh, you know, to to do let's put it this way: to do your story, giant, to cover all these bases, we're going to make you a one-eyed transvestite dwarf. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> and we cover all the bases, and we make the movie. What do you think? But like, and I want to point out also to our audience is that the the three gentlemen that we've had on the show prior are all Oscar winners <laughs> for best all. pictures. For best pictures, they won Oscars for them already, and they're confused. And I can't believe they're threatened by just the rumor of this becoming a law, which is not a rumor. I guess you have to comply to qualify for twenty twenty four. Okay, you know, you you look at a at a, at a picture like uh, like uh, Twelve Angry Men, which is uh, an Academy Award winner, Lee J. Cobb won for best actor, fantastic movie. It was. Exactly about that. Twelve angry men on a jury. The whole movie took place in the jury room. People arguing back and forth. It was it was a breakthrough when it first came out in the early 1950s. Now it would have to be twelve angry men and 30 <laughs> percent, you know, women, minorities. You know, they're destroying uh, a person who wants to create to stop thinking about what they want to do to please themselves and their readers. And now they're going to please Hollywood if they are uh, want to make a picture 
that could possibly be nominated for an Academy Award. But we're already seeing this in, uh, in, in the publishing industry. It's been like this for a year and a half. I mean, this is exactly what they're looking for. Anybody that, that, that wants to uh, uh, prove what I'm saying, go online and look for literary agents. And when you go on a literary agent site, they're going to have profiles of the agents within the agency and what they handle. And you'll see what I'm saying is true. Most of them are looking for what we were just talking about. It gets more difficult as time goes on to publish. I mean, these series, these people that are writing these series, they're just dying on the vine. I'm not saying all of them, but people that are, that, that are uh, breaking through, like wrote one or two books in a series, but quite probably can't get that third book published. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see just another obstacle in our wonderful society that we're living in today. <laughs> they just keep creating road barriers to be successful. So what do, you, what do you think is going to happen here? Both to the industry and the people who want to break into the industry, the actors, the writers, whatever. What do you think is going to happen? What I'd like to do, I, I, I have a good idea because I'm a veteran, but I, I mentioned that Julia is a young thespian. What are you feeling now? You just graduated. Yeah. And you're going out. You didn't have enough obstacles. What are you feeling now? How? What, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. Um, look, we had a lot of conversations about all of this within school. And in, obviously, inclusivity is something that is really important. And giving people that haven't previously had the chance um, is a really important thing to be doing. But even before the rule was implied, it said that the past five years of the winner of best movie have been things that have included these um, uh, these new regulations anyway, but they were picked because they were the best movie. However, you will be cutting out some movies that, you know, whilst the last five years have um, satisfied these rules without them being in place, you're then sort of cutting off something that may be, as one of the examples is further down there, like um, any war movies that are traditionally historically based that are mainly, you know, an all-male cast or, you know, one race cast, if it's, you know, you're not going to be able to produce it historically accurate anymore. And it's sort of cutting off people from producing those types of movies. I think the example was like Schindler's List or um, like Gladiator and stuff, and it's sort of not the, yeah, but it's 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 sort of interesting because we're coming from a position, a lot of like my peers and stuff, we're coming from a position where inclusivity is, you know, important and to give people that deserve a chance that previously haven't had a chance to have one. But if you're putting regulations around it, it then stops creativity and certain creativity, which is also an issue. Well, the rule started uh, as Ethnic groups only. There wasn't enough uh, African Americans in, in in film. That happened about four or five years ago, and uh, and they gave examples that the Academy Awards were all lily white for years. And I can see that. You know, include African Americans in it. You know, they're the you know it's part of the population. You can't exclude them. Hmm. Well, yeah, they really weren't being excluded. I mean, I we can go back to. 
you know, guess who's coming to dinner? There's, there were exceptions to the rule, but, yeah, but it, never, it never got over overly populated and casting black people. But I guess, of course, it's the storyline. Yeah. Uh, but, to, you know, what they what they asked at the time, the four or five years ago, when they said, you know, there has to be more uh, African-Americans in movies, it was basically a suggestion. Some of the people complied, some of them didn't. And that leaves the people who create the art with a choice. Hmm. You don't have a choice here. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're forcing this upon you. Uh, and it's not... Uh, this is not about exclusion. If you're specifically excluding people that are on this list, that's a different story. What's being forced upon us is inclusion. Yeah. They're forcing this upon people in the arts. They're not saying you're, you're breaking federal law. You know, nobody's breaking any laws here. They're, this is a rule of inclusion. And I can't see this. If somebody has the, well, let's use the word will since this is a family channel, if somebody has the will to bring this to court, this is going to go down flaming. I mean, this is going to, this is going to sink like the proverbial rock in, 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 in water. It, 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 they can't do this. Yeah. They can't well, the interesting you thing what you're just saying now, as I'm sitting here, 52 years ago, when I went up to be Carlo and the Godfather, they told me, do you have an agent? I said, no. Are you in the union? They said, no, well, you can't be in the movie. I said, excuse me. I quoted a New York law. I said, this is the Taft-Hartley state. I have the right to work. And they all looked at each other. <laughs> they never heard of that law. These guys, you know, Bobby Evans, all of California. New York is a Taft-Hartley state. So I said, I can get it. You give me a letter. I'll be in the union. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then there was some other words said back and forth between Joe Colombo and, and Barry Schlotnick, fortunately. And there I am 52 years later. But even thinking about it now, even for a Julia, if Julia knew the rule, she could say to the casting agent, I don't want this to be public, but I'm gay. <laughs> so now she's in. She's female and gay. She's got two. two I mean, they're making it. A, a joke. How are you going to find out? You can't, yeah, you can't, you know. You can't ask, but they can volunteer. So you bring up a very valid point. To, to give you, to, to give an actor, and this is a very difficult business to break into. I mean, acting, writing, anything, but particularly acting. You, you walk into uh, an, an uh, uh, audition and say, I'm gay. You have a leg up on everybody else now. Yeah? And you could be lying. Think about it. Maybe they can't question you. Well, what are they going to question? How gay are you? That's that's saying like I am. This I am what I'm saying. You always say I, just, I am slightly. You always say I am slightly pregnant. I mean, you're either gay or you're not gay. You know. But the, the thing is, if you say that, well, you are now included uh, versus the people who are excluded. Exactly. Uh, you know, they tried this in the NYPD and other uh, civil service jobs throughout the United States uh, when I was on uh, to get promoted. They were going to promote one out of three uh, 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 people to sergeant. They had to be a minority group. And if they didn't score well, when you take a, a civil service test, whoever scores highest gets promoted first. What they were doing was moving people up. If you scored a 75, you can be promoted ahead of somebody who got a 95, for example. 
to meet the quota. And that went on for quite a while. And then they, they, they stopped doing it. There was all kinds of suits, but it took years. I mean, it took many years. I, that, that happened to me. I was way up on the sergeant's list and through a variety of court cases and everything. I had to wait nine years and I was way up there on the list. You know, this is only going to lead to confusion, chaos, and uh, a lot of hate going back and forth between uh, uh, who's opposing rules. You know, the only person that stood up for this, that 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 was vocal about this, was Richard Dreyfus. Right. And he don't care about anything. He's a leading man. They cast movies around him. <laughs> well, you know, he's also in the twilight of his career. We can say that, right. too. But the guy's won a couple of Academy Awards for Best Actor. But, you know, the question is, uh, is it going to ruin his career? No, he's already had a career. That's what but I'm saying. still, to be vocal like this in the in the Hollywood system now is like uh, becoming a pariah. Right. You know, how many people are not going to talk to him because of this? But I can understand he's, that. It's no, he's out of, out of the order. No, he's out, out of the order. But I just thought of a brilliant thing, Julia. I know how you can get every role you go up for. I, 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 you have to have to hire you. What? Number one, you're female. Mm-hmm. You're going to say you're gay. And you're going to come on with a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, 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 now you got three. I mean, that's what they're making you do. They're making you, if you're hungry and you want the role, what are they going to say? You're not? Yeah, that's the thing. You're probably, this is going to probably cause people to say things that they're not, which is also really hurtful towards the, you know, people that have been discriminated against in the past. And it's like, you know, you're just going to have people out there lying to get roles now instead of, you know, then it also comes down to say people in those positions did I get the job because I was the right person for the role or did I get the job to meet a quota, which is also That's why you never know if you've actually earned the role. You know, the, the word quota in, in this country when it comes to hiring is a four-letter word. Uh, you, can't have them. you can't have quotas. So eventually this rule is going to go by the wayside more than likely. Uh, but once again, it's a rule and it isn't a law. Laws can be passed and laws can be unpassed if that's a word but but a, but a rule i mean it's it's going to it's going to be tough and perhaps you know think about this here's something i can throw out is the academy cutting its own throat just to get certain groups in films first of all that not, might not belong in them and two that have less talent than other people and then and the example is once again in the NYPD that was hiring people that scored less you can use the analogy uh, in this particular case, in the, the acting field, that maybe they're hiring people because they have to and they're not as qualified. And the critics will see this and rip the film apart if it's if it's poorly done. What do you I think? I think it's a good time to take a break and earn some money and dwell on this because I'm going to give a, another little challenging question to our audiences to listen to and react to. We'll be right back. And don't go anywhere. You know we know you where you live. Corleone Vodka on March 9th was picked as the best vodka for martinis in the world by the Rob Report. By calling 518-713-4050 or 518-220-9463, it could be shipped directly to your house. The finest vodka in the world by Rob Report. Okay, we're back. 
And uh, we want to include you in, in your opinion on this debate. And we're inviting you to drop us a line, draw a mailbag. And Julia, Pat, and I will listen to what you're saying and let's find out what your thoughts are, especially if you're in the arts, especially if you're, if you're not successful yet. This is just another obstacle. I think it's another political move. Um, we're already seeing certain states that are so political, they're destroying them socially, financially. And I think, what are they trying to do to our industry and not just give people jobs? What they this, it's been tried so many times before in so many different areas. I brought up the police departments, the, the, the army. All you had to say, I went in during the height of the Vietnam War, but uh, anytime during the, uh, uh, up until the early 90s, I believe, if, uh, uh, and particularly when the draft was enforced, when we had a draft, if you went in uh, and said, I'm gay, they wouldn't take you. So this is the opposite. Right, exactly. Uh, and it, until, I, I forget which president it was, I think it was Bill Clinton who established, uh, if, if you don't say anything, you know, don't don't say, don't tell, whatever it was. Man, yeah, no, uh, yeah. They can't ask you anymore. And they stopped asking. And there's, I imagine, plenty of gay individuals in the military. Who cares? Just as long as they can do their job. But the point is, this is the opposite of what we're talking about now. And these, these type of rules never go anywhere. The rules of inclusion can never go anywhere. Well, I, I'd like to think, you know, as, as we have Julia on, she studied now for three or four years. A craft. You get a guy like me who's never been in a movie. <laughs> I get the part of Carlo. So I mean, it's really not. It's really creating obstacles now. I think there's ways around it, but the people who really went the right road, studied, have the craft and the talent, they're going to be thrown into a grab bag. It's like, you know. Put a number in a hat. Let's. That's who's going to get the part, which is unfair. And you have to ask yourself, what are you and I going to do now? I mean, we 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 write these books with the with the purpose of of making a, a film. That's where the money is. Not, not that we're going to starve writing books, but the big money is 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 film. Our books cannot be made into movies with this rule. No, I, I already I already had conversation with people. And there is there is a law. And I'll share it right now with everybody. As long as the people, those, the, the ratios they gave us are in the cast, they could be background. I could have six gay waiters. I could have three cripples in a Vietnam ward. They're making us more creative in the script. They didn't say they had well, a star in the movie. Well, that's true. They, because the, They have to be incorporated in the story. That's true, because the last part of this rule doesn't say what where you have to be. All it says is at least 30% of the cast comes from two or more underrepresented groups, and we went into those groups before. It doesn't say that they have to be lead characters. It doesn't have to even say that they're characters. Right. They could be people that sweep up. Well, that That's the loophole, because now, and, and which would make us, because I already looked into it, yeah. this became a law. It gives you and I an opportunity as being creative with writing, and hopefully our books are made into films, which I'll make sure they are, that we're going to hire 
retired vets who maybe are disabled to being in the atmosphere in a nightclub. And truthfully, you might be right. Even aside from being a disabled vet, are vets an underrepresented group? Right. Are they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's represented or not. Well, you know, you can, you can always uh, use the argument that vets are underrepresented. Uh, the VA healthcare sucks. Uh, they don't make enough to buy a, a decent house. Uh, they're moving, they're moved around constantly. There's a high suicide rate. I mean, you know, that's uh, it's a tough profession to be in. No, yeah, I know. I mean, it's a situation where we're trying to be creative. Now we got to get political. Besides, well, now that we've outed the loophole. <laughs> you know, let's see what they do to cover that up. You know, but, uh, this was a very poorly constructed rule. Uh, and, you know, we'll just see where it goes. But I'm watching television more so than ever, just for material and all that. But I've never seen the minority switch on the white man. There's more blacks, browns. Chinese, in every commercial you see today. Well, there's nothing, wrong with, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, we're I, didn't, I didn't say there's anything wrong with okay, it. Okay. I'm saying yeah. they went from we being too white, now it's to it's like a jumbo, like we're doing it. Yeah, everything, well, you know, everything it, into the pan. It's crazy. It's a melting pot, and whoever lives in it has the right to be represented in film or whatever else. But if they force you that's the thing here. We're being well, that's forced. what they're forcing you to do. Yep, they are. I'm I, sure I just, you know that right now. She's out casting. What are you seeing in, in a casting call, Julia? Um, well, it's I'm mainly going for musical theater at the moment. Um, and I was only allowed to start auditioning in my fourth semester. So I've only probably been to about maybe six or seven different calls majority have been dance calls and unfortunately they don't just audition everyone together they usually separate like the female and the men at like different times that they'll be um auditioning so I really only get to see maybe like the people that have come for the female dancers call and um quite frankly it's either it's a lot of people that um you get breakdowns within the um, show of what it is. So they'll tell you on like if you go on backstage or actors access the specific type of person that they're looking for for that show and for that show's representation. And, you know, they um, sometimes will say that it's all they're looking specifically for one, you know, sort of race or they're looking for um, any type of race to fit the role and you sort of decide on whether you'll go or whether you won't go dependent on what the breakdown is. Um, And for the people who are not in the business, the breakdowns come out on every show, movie, um, like she's saying, a play. A breakdown comes down and that's how the agents know how to submit their talent. Hmm. Are they getting specific? now saying we need transgenders, we need this, we that, or are they have they gotten that to that yet? Um, I think usually, I think for most equity um, calls, they've got a section down the bottom under pretty much every breakdown that just says that they're wanting to pick the best 
person for the role and um, everyone and they're trying to be inclusive of that no matter what race, gender, all of that that you are. Um, so they're putting a disclaimer in already. Yeah, they've got a little disclaimer down the bottom that pretty much just says they're going to pick the best person for the role regardless of what. If if the script pretty much allows for it, um, like obviously I'm not going to go for a call for like, you know, an African-American person. That would just be pretty dumb. But majority of... Um, makeup on, get creative, put makeup on. <laughs> not quite. Um but, yeah, so they usually have a little disclaimer down the bottom that they're open to whoever is the best role, and that's what I've seen in musical theatre at least. I haven't really gone for any acting gigs or anything like that, but at least in the musical theatre world that's there's always a disclaimer down the bottom that they're open for inclusivity, which is, yeah. So the, so the role, so the actor should fit the role. And what they're telling us in this rule is that's not necessarily the case. We have to, once again, include people to fit this rule. So mm -hmm. if you, hypothetically, I realize it's completely off the wall, but it's an example. What do you do if you're casting West Side Story? Yeah. And, uh, that's uh, easy. Well, West it's not, it's Side Story easy, right now. If you're going to follow a rule of uh, everybody gets a break, and if they're trying to force... Uh, certain groups on us, why can't uh, diversity be in every film? It just doesn't make any sense. They're picking on just certain things. They're not going, going to put Asian Americans in West Side Story. You know, I mean... Uh, they could throw two in and say they live in Spanish Harlem. You wouldn't even know it. They're in a crowd. There's a lot of ways around it. I've, I've done enough film. Yes, at any given Sunday, I had 30,000 people. I, I got rid of all the diversity that day. When yeah. we were playing the yeah. different games, we filled yeah. the bathroom. You know, we put out ads. Yeah. Whatever your gender is, come. <laughs> yeah, I misspoke there because it's true. The 30% could be anything. In fact, they don't even have to be in the movie. I know. <laughs> they could be part of the crew. I don't know why they're doing this, but anyway, I think it's that's the thing. You now have to ask the crew what their, you know, sexual preference is, or if they've got disability. When have you ever asked like crew members? No, they, they, okay. they're normally just keep hiring. When I hire a, you know, a cinema photographer, he has his team already. I have a light guy; he has his team already. That's why we're bringing him in because he's great. <laughs> it's. I, it's I, I, I tell you, they, what? Go ahead, I'm sorry. okay. You know, uh, employers know, and we're talking about employers everywhere. They know to comply with uh, Title IX as the federal law. They have to be very careful with what they ask. We've already gone down the laundry list of what they can't ask. But when I was let go from my uh, university teaching job after I got my doctorate, which they paid for, by the way, <laughs> then they said, okay, you're gone. Uh, I always had in, 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 in the back of my mind, you know, what could this reason be? And, uh, but I said, well, I'm going to, I was there 20 years and I said, well, I'm just going to look for another job. Now, when I applied and, you know, I went through this last year, Johnny, every time you called me, I was out, uh, being interviewed by somebody. There's a lot of universities around here and I would fill out the application online and on paper, I look great. I got more degrees than a thermometer. I, got, uh, I mean, I've been a, a lot of experience. I mean, I, uh, you know, a couple of masters, a doctorate. I mean, the list goes on. They can't wait to get me in there. And then when I walk in the door, granted, I look a little younger than I am, but uh, they looked on a list. You know, he was in the military. When did you serve? And I tell him I was a, 
a volunteer for Vietnam. They start doing the math, and <laughs> and and all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't expect. You know, what kind of a job do you go to? But they said, you know, they're gonna hire you on the spot. So I, you know, no one, no one expects that if they're looking, you know, for a large group of people. They say, we'll we'll be in touch. Well, I did this, and I'm I'm immensely qualified to teach in the university. Between uh, you know, have to be a published author in addition to all the degrees. I got all that. Uh, never hear from these people again. So I think I got aged out. Yeah. But they can't ask you. No. They don't want to invest their, their, their time. Where's this guy going to be in five years if he's even still around? You know, they don't want to invest their time with somebody like me. So, and you and I talked about this and, and you were right. And I said, why am I wasting my time doing this? So I just, now I'm a full-time writer and a private investigator. I'm happy. You know, but it's it's the, the the system. We live in a democracy that tries too hard to be a democracy. You know, there's got to be some kind of rules. Just like you know, when when your kids are growing up and they get pissed off because you're you're applying all these rules. I mean, the, the first thing that I said uh, when my kids were able to understand is, you don't live in a democracy. Where the rules here, you go by what we say, and if you want to challenge them, go ahead. And if I don't see your reasoning, you got to do what we say. And it takes a little, you know, you got to hammer that into their heads until they realize that the word fair doesn't come into life. Life is not fair. And we, we see this, this is, this is taken to an extreme. But uh, it's, that's just an example of just life in general. Not fair. Well, I, we would like to hear from you. This is, a, a, as we said, a new category of Hollywood Godfather. Julia is obviously going to be ahead of it. So the only way we know if you want more of this controversy, more of us looking into things that may affect your life daily, specifically you as an individual and whatever your employment is, or whatever your craft is, just let us know because we're looking to expand the show. Yeah, we I should categorize this too, Johnny, as we're not going to discuss politics. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, no, no. you know, we're going, you know, this this approaches on a political subject, but we're not, this is the, the Democrat-Republican thing, who should be president, what do you think of this guy or that guy? We're not going anywhere near that. No. Uh, this is something, we're going to talk about things that are, that affect our, our day-to-day lives and our livelihoods, basically. Julia, you have anything to add to any of this? No, I think that pretty much, yeah, sums it all up. It's just a very complex subject and it's a little bit hard when you start putting restraints on people's creativity because there's also the freedom of speech thing in America but not too much freedom you have to have it within you know specific guidelines so, so that's why I think our combination right now having you added to our cast is uh, a big asset to Pat and I because we're so set in our ways we need somebody that's out there that's a little <laughs> flexible and the good news (laughs) yeah you're not even you know a um, an american citizen you came from another Uh, area and i think that gives us another light which we wouldn't have so i think we 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 made a great choice she is our co-host officially going forward and and uh, julia i have to ask uh, when you're rich and famous are you still going to talk to us Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> she's, she's rich and famous now. <laughs> she's talking to us. 
Okay, folks. All right. Well, this is a wrap. Thank you. Send the cards and letters. That's how we're going to know what you want to hear and do. God bless you all. Julia, thank you. Pat, and to the next show. Good night, everybody. Good night. And that was that. And I'll be back. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo or Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob in Hollywood as well as answers to your questions. My kids still can't believe I sat with a saint. My life's like scenes out of a movie. I'm the Hollywood Godfather, truly. I got stories with them all. You know, celebrities, world leaders, icons. Who knows what's next for me? I'll never get too old to have a little fun. Come on, I'm Gianni Russo. A genuine one of a kind. What a ride it's been, this life of mine. And I ain't done yet. I'll be back until next time. And that was that.